Hi, I'm Sydney. And I'm Rueda. We're the new co-hosts for the Daily's News podcast, The Wrap-Up. Join us every Friday where we'll give you a wrap-up of our favorite news stories from the week. Plus fun trivia and exclusive interviews. See you on Friday. Bye. Bye. Peace. Welcome and thank you for joining us here once again at the Box Seat Podcast. I'm Josh Eddy. And I'm Caden Condor. And we're your guide to anything and everything college basketball related. Today is Monday, February 17th, and we'll be going through the most recent AP poll, reflecting on some of our recent preseason predictions, and look ahead to some potential tournament darlings. And we're going to start out today's show, just like we do every week, with the rapid fire section. This is where, if you guys haven't listened before, we just go over last week's action. Uh, any any news, any anything that you guys would like to hear, we go over it. So. so in one of the most boring top 25 matchups of the season, Baylor outpaces West Virginia in an 11-point victory at home. And Baylor has been pretty steady at number one for four straight weeks, the longest mark for a team this season. Louisville loses another game to a bad ACC team, this this time at Clemson. Jordan Wara has only scored a combined seven points in the past two games, and the panic button has been pressed for the Cardinals. And I do not like the effort that this Cardinals team is playing with right now. I'm hoping that this bad loss jump starts them, but to quote Seth Davis, bad vibes from Louisville right now. Duke continues to roll with a 34-point massacre over a competent Notre Dame team. And that win over Carolina has this Duke team playing with immense confidence right now. Florida State holds on without Devin Vassell to a frisky Syracuse team that's trying to sneak into the tournament. Syracuse is a bubble team yet again this season. It won't be a surprise if they do end up sneaking their way into the tournament. Maryland pulls off a 12-0 run to close out the game and win in East Lansing and their most impressive win of the season. The Terps have won its past four road games and got their sights set on Atlanta this year. I'm still not a firm believer in Maryland, but I'm definitely not sold on this Michigan State team after they blew this game. Alpha Diallo powers Providence to win over Seton Hall thanks to his 35 points and 10 rebounds. After winning 10 straight, the Pirates have now lost three of their past five games. Seton Hall, they're inevitably hitting a skid, but look for them to turn it around heading into March. Missouri pulls away late in the first half and holds on to upset Auburn. A head-scratching loss for Bruce Pearl and his guys concerning Missouri is in the gutter of the SEC. And this loss is definitely a head-scratcher, but I'm not going to jump to too many conclusions. I think Bruce Pearl will get these guys back into shape and have them ready to play for their next game. Illinois' free fall continues now with its fourth straight loss, this time at Rutgers. The rack proves to be the hardest place to play in the country. The Scarlet Knights are 17-0 at home. And this Illini team is still talented. They have shown that they are capable of winning big games, so I'm not too concerned. My darlings of Texas Tech and LSU each lose narrow road games and drop out of the top 25. And I still don't know what you see in Texas Tech, but Skyler Mays and LSU, they're a fun team to watch. I'm hoping that they can step it up as the end of the season approaches. All right, so that's all we got. Wasn't a, wasn't a particularly fantastic weekend of college no. basketball. It was pretty... Pretty, pretty uh, low-key, yeah. uh, but we have had a couple crazy weeks. Yeah. The only like good matchup going into the week was West Virginia-Baylor. We knew that one at least high. I think West Virginia's 14 going into Baylor. Those are both like pretty like defensive, not super flashy teams. And yeah. It was just kind of that one where Baylor just kind of got a lead early and never really looked back and kind of kept West Virginia at 10 points 
15 points away the rest of the game. The one really good game, though, was uh, Michigan State-Maryland. Uh, really huge comeback for Maryland to come back and steal that game. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty impressed with Maryland. That was probably the one good game of this of this weekend. Yeah. There is another big game coming up, ne- the, I think, next weekend. Yeah. Uh, this Baylor, weekend, Baylor-Kansas. Baylor-Kansas. That's two. one I'm looking forward to. I think this weekend, this one coming up will be much more yeah. exciting. And this week, got, got a few good games, and we'll ro- roll through them at the end. But today, the uh, the most recent AP poll dropped, as it does every Monday morning. And uh, it's pretty same top four. Uh, but Dayton actually sneaking into the top we're going to go through the top 25. We're going to break it down into groups of five and kind of give our thoughts on teams mm-hmm. in there and anything yeah. of note. Uh, the top five probably isn't too much. Same four, Baylor, Gonzaga, Kansas, San Diego State, and now, as I mentioned, Dayton up into the number five spot. Any, any thoughts on these ones? Uh, those those top four teams, they haven't, they haven't really played anybody great, but they haven't mm-hmm. also lost at the same time. So they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're winning games. They're staying where they're supposed to be. Dayton is one that... I'm excited about it. I know you're excited about it. Obi Toppin. He's just so much fun to watch. I I'm really hoping that they can they can actually sneak into a one seed in yeah. the tournament. Yeah, it'll depend on definitely them and Duke seem like they're like ready if anyone stumbles, whether I mean if Kansas loses again to Baylor, they may fall out of the, the one seed range. Yeah. Even though I'm not sure they would get uh they would get penalized again. If Gonzaga stumbles, San Diego mm-hmm. State obviously stumbles. Uh, if one of those one of those teams falls, I think I don't think Baylor losing to Kansas this weekend would would knock them out of the one seed. Though I think they're pretty no, firm there. I think it would knock them out of the one one spot in the AP poll for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but not a one seed. It's it's cool to see Dayton and San Diego State yeah. two kind of mid major teams in Definitely the top five. Yeah. And Baylor at number one. This is just such a it's just such a weird top five. I don't really know how to digest it almost. Yeah. But yeah, same same as usual. The Gonzaga, San Diego State for the number one, the West is is an interesting one to look for as the season comes to a close. But yeah, I agree. Top five, not too much noteworthy other than what we've been saying all season. Uh, so the next, the next group of five is uh, Duke at six, and Maryland, Florida State, Penn State, and Kentucky. So what are, what are your thoughts on this group? Uh, let's see. Duke at number six, they belong there. Maryland deserves it. Florida State, another ACC team. Uh, Penn State is one that kind of jumps out to me because they have kind of been surging lately. They're they're t- they're twenty and five right now, which yeah. is pretty great considering where they were at the beginning of the season. You wouldn't really have expected this, but Lamar Stevens uh, has Penn State. This is probably the highest they've been ranked for a couple a yeah. couple years. So this is pretty exciting for this whole Nittany Lions organization. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as you mentioned, Penn State is they're rolling right now. They went up, I think, four spots from last week, and they were already. As you mentioned, surging top top ten. I'm actually checking the stats right now. See the last time they were in the top ten. It has probably been a while. It was uh, 1996 was the last time they were in wow. the top ten. So that's they more were than a couple of years. Yeah. Wow. So it's been it's been a long time, and, and it goes back even farther than that if you want to go to the the second time. But yeah, so they're rolling right now. Lamar Stevens, Myron Jones. They won at Purdue. This is a team that um, potentially could win the Big Ten. For me, the most impressive win was the other Big Ten team in this group, and that's Maryland. Uh, we've both been kind of uh, a little hesitant on the Maryland train, especially with Mark Turgeon at, at the helm, who's not maybe not the most uh, successful coach in the past, is especially with how talented his rosters have been. But, man, going into East Lansing, and this is a game that Michigan State needed to win because they they've been struggling quite a bit, and Michigan State had him on the ropes, and then Maryland goes on that 12-0 run to close out the game, and it was just like, it was just crazy that, 
not only did they win, but they won really comfortably. And Anthony Cowan was awesome down the stretch in that one. Yeah, and he was. And seeing Kentucky, looking right now at Kentucky at number 10, this is a team that a lot of people didn't expect to to be where they are at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. People kind of wrote them off a little bit uh, after the first couple of months. They they had a tough start to the season, but now they're sitting at 20-5, and five and they're they're looking like they're ready to make it run. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone that gets in the 10 spot like is like some sort of like a blue blood esque that like loses almost instantly. Like I feel like Villanova's been there and they lose. And, like Seton Hall was just there this last week and then they lost. So Kentucky, we'll see if they could stay there. I think they have LSU this week, so like mm. that should be a good one. Uh, but yeah, Kentucky. I mean, it just seems like the recipe where they stumble a little bit early and then Cal kind of figures it out. They get everyone to buy in and they end up making like an elite eight run. And it just seems like that's probably going to happen again. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the next group now. We got, uh, this is probably talk a little bit about this team, but Louisville at 11, then Villanova, Auburn, Oregon, and then Creighton, mm. Creighton at 15. So yeah. uh, initial thoughts on, on this group right here? Well, out of all these teams, Louisville, Nova, Oregon, Creighton, Auburn is my, they're my boys. Oh, of course. There. Yeah, we know this. Yeah, so I, I'm excited to see them at 13. They only have three losses. I mm-hmm. think it looks like they're the only three-loss team I think the next three-loss team is Duke at number six, and Auburn's at thir- Auburn's at thirteen. So, mm-hmm. if they start winning a couple more, they're going to be they. There's a possibility they'll be jumping over these teams that are in front of them right now. And it's going to come down to if they can win the SEC. They already beat Kentucky, uh, just a, a little over a week ago now, mm-hmm. and they beat LSU also. Yeah. So they are. Um, yeah, they're they're seem like they're in the driver's seat to make a make a little bit of a jump later on. Losing to Missouri was a tough one because yeah. Missouri's not good, but th- that that stuff happens, and mm-hmm. it, it's always just kind of the AP poll is who's lost more recently and who's had a bad loss more That's recently, true. and so it kind of fluctuates. So if they could just tighten it up and finish out strong and win the SEC, I could see them potentially being a two seed, maybe. It's possible like sneaking as a two seed, if not definitely. If they a win the seed. SEC for sure. Yeah. Uh, another team that I'm I'm kind of high on right now is Creighton. Yeah, they're rolling. I haven't actually seen them play a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, playing in in the Big East, but I did watch that game where they played against Nova, and I think they ended up losing that game, but it was very competitive. Creighton, they have some players on their team that not not many people know about. Yeah, like us. <laughs> like us. Yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I have not watched Creighton more than maybe 20 minutes this season. Yeah. So I don't really have a lot of opinions. They do play Marquette, I think, tomorrow. And so I'm definitely going to watch that because those are two Big East teams I haven't watched a lot of yet. Yeah. But the one team that we definitely need to mention is Louisville. Lose two straight. They lose at Georgia Tech and then follow it up with a loss at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned who who is it? Seth Davis said bad vibes. Bad vibes. Bad vibes. So that's not a good sign. Jordan Wara has completely fallen off the wagon here. Yeah. He is just a complete non-factor in, in these games. After scoring only two points against Georgia Tech, he was actually taken out of the starting lineup for the Clemson game mm-hmm. and didn't really do much of note in that game. Yeah, either, and so. I actually watched uh, a lot of the Clemson game, and what stood out to me about Louisville and Jordan Wara's play is he wasn't even putting much effort into the game. Just watching him out on the court, he was kind of huffing and puffing, just kind of going through the motions, and he's a leader on this team. So if the if the other guys are watching him kind of be lackadaisical on the court, they're going to do the same. Uh, so I think this team revolves around Jordan Wara. If he steps up his game and if he can put a little bit more effort into it, I think Louisville could could start rising again in the rankings, but... It's all going to be dependent on Jordan Wara, I think. Yeah, that's that's exactly where my concerns are with this team because coming into this season, 
I like a lot of their pieces. The the guard position was definitely a question mark, but it seems like a guy in David Johnson was kind of stepping up, uh, the freshman that came. The, remember the Duke game a few weeks ago where he really exploded, and so it seemed like they were kind of going to start figuring it out, and the, it seemed like Jordan War was going to be their star that would kind of lead them, and everyone could kind of hang their hats on, this is our guy that's going to take us on a deep run. And as much as I like a lot of their pieces, uh, Darius Perry, Stephen Enoch, Fresh Kimball, David Johnson I mentioned, a lot of good players on that team, but if they don't have a guy that's just your guy that's like, this guy's going to win us the game, then that's really concerning if you're a top-level team, and I don't yeah. think they have that right now. Yeah. It could also be a product, just a side product of being ranked number five. Mm-hmm. That can kind of make you rest on your laurels a little bit, especially yeah. it seemed like Louisville was in that top ten for a couple weeks yeah. without really beating anybody great. So this could just be a product of, you know, the whole organization, Chris Mack, along with Jordan Wara, Dwayne Sutton, all those guys just becoming a little bit overconfident and maybe just not Local putting complacent, yeah. complacent and not just putting enough effort into the game. Yeah. You know, so maybe this is is what they needed to maybe just give them a kick up their ass and be like, hey, you guys need to pick it up now because March is coming. And if you're not playing well now, yeah, it's you're not going to be playing well in March. Yeah, it's it's starting to get into that momentum part of the season where these next few weeks and we're less than four weeks away from having a bracket. Like it's coming up and conference tournaments are coming up in about three weeks or depending on their conference. But so yeah, you, if you're not playing well going into that and you have maybe a disappointing conference tournament, then that, that's not a good way to go into March at all, especially when you're a team with as high as expectations as Louisville and their expectations are national championship. Mm-hmm. They, like that's just the reality is they uh, potentially are a final four and national championship contender. Yep. They have the talent on the roster. It's just going to be a matter of whether they can pull it together in time. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's kind of roll through these last, uh, We've got two more groups of five, uh, 16, Seton Hall, West Virginia, Colorado, Marquette, and Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, any Anyone in that group really stick out to you? Seton Hall's kind of struggling there also. Yeah, Seton Hall is the one team that I think has the highest ceiling out of all of these teams. Uh, another one that's playing right really well right now is Colorado. Yeah. I think they are coming off a loss. Yeah, they will – they beat Oregon State, but they lost to Oregon earlier yeah. in the week. And that, so, was, that was a tough loss. Yeah, I, th- I think Colorado is a team that if they're playing th- up to their potential, they have a chance to beat some of the best teams, but they definitely don't as high of a ceiling as Seton Hall to me. Yeah, I think that Seton Hall is a team that's just struggled lately. But if Miles Powell and Quincy McKnight, all those guys can pull it together, mm-hmm. uh, they're a team that I have going pretty far on my bracket. Yeah, so. I think they're a Final Four contender for sure. Yeah, definitely struggling right now. They were three games up in the Big East in the lead. Now they just have a one-game lead on Creighton, who's in the second spot there. So they're really going to have to close out the season strong. It seemed like they were pretty much a lock to win the Big East just a couple weeks ago, and now it's very up in the air. So mm-hmm. see if they can close out. I second your Colorado. That Oregon loss was tough, but I still think this is a really good team. I really like McKinley Wright. I really like Tyler Bay. I really like Evan Batty. they got a lot of good players on that team. Uh, moving now to the, the final uh, five of the group, we got – uh, Butler at 21, they're starting to kind of fall off a little bit. Houston, BYU, Arizona, and Ohio State, uh, those last three all getting into the the top 25, either for the first yeah. time or the first time in a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah, it's strange to me to see those teams into the top 25, and I'm just looking at the names of the other teams who received votes. Michigan State, Texas Tech, LSU, Rhode Island, just to name a couple. Yeah, All these teams, I think – would, would be deserving or maybe even more deserving of a team like Arizona, BYU, and Houston. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have their records pulled up exactly, but 
Ohio State is 17 and 8, and I would I would think that some of the any of those teams I just listed off would have a better record than 17 and 8. So I don't know. I think it's also because all those teams lost like this last weekend. So oh, that's probably be. why they drop out. And it's just a it's a revolving door, especially in that 20 to 25 range. Where, I don't know. It was kind of interesting to see Ohio State back in the top 25 because they right. haven't been there forever. So they have been starting to pull it together a little bit. Um, I mean, they only got three more votes than Texas Tech for that spot, so they're neck and neck pretty much. Arizona, I mean, still high-ceiling team, but they haven't really figured it out completely yet. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, start to tighten things up as it comes to the yeah. Pac-12 play. And one other thing I just kind of find a, I find kind of amusing is uh, there's been a lot of talk about the Big Ten. How many Big Ten teams are actually in the, in top, the 25? top 25 right now? Well, yeah, Iowa, Iowa's Penn State, in Maryland. Just three. Iowa, Penn State, and Maryland. That's yeah. it? Yeah, that's it. Because Michigan State dropped out. Michigan's also right there. Uh, but, yeah, that's about it. Illinois also dropped out. So, yeah, I mean, they're, Rutgers has kind of been up in because that area. a couple weeks ago we were talking, you know, the Big Ten is the best conference. The Big Ten might get ten teams in. But to only see three Big Ten teams in the rankings is a little bit of a shift from what we were saying a yeah. couple weeks ago. I right? think I think the Big Ten, the strength is more in the middle than the top. And we've been saying like like the top of the Big East is probably better. Even the top of like the ACC is probably better than the top of the Big Ten. But I think as a whole, pretty much everyone besides Northwestern and Nebraska are, are tournament contenders. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how the committee takes that, though, because they have been beating up on each other. Uh, mm-hmm. So in terms of their overall records, they're going to be a little bit higher loss values than maybe some of the ACC teams yeah. and some of the other mid-major teams that are trying to get you know sneak in with a bid. So it's going to be interesting to see how much they favor, you know, the Big Ten and just being in that conference because, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know if I would give 10 teams in the Big Ten right now a attorney bid personally. Yeah, I just think that's the way it's going to shake out, unfortunately. Yeah. But I'm kind of with you. I think there's it's going to be one of those years where there's like 10 or 11 Big Ten teams that make it and maybe only one or two make it to the Elite Eight. And yeah. it's going to be just kind of like, all right, like they just had a lot of good teams but not really any great teams that separate themselves and Mm -hmm. only two that really are separating themselves from Maryland and Penn State right now Mm -hmm. and maybe Michigan State if they could figure it out but I feel like we've been saying that for about two three months now instead of well if Michigan State can just figure it out and at some point you just gotta be like yeah to accept the fact that it's not gonna come through Mm all right we're gonna take a quick break right now and then we'll be uh right back and go over some of our old uh preseason picks Hey guys, I'm Turlove. And I'm Emerson. We co-host a podcast at UW called Red Square. Every other week, we stand on Red Square and have conversations with people who open up to us about love, discovery, surprise, and sometimes even whales. We believe that each person has a story, and in sharing them, we can build a little more empathy on our campus. So head over to UWPodcast.com and listen to Red Square. All right, now we're going to go back to a podcast we did um i think it was our third or fourth podcast somewhere in there it was one of our first ones we did yep. and it was before the season started when we had some preseason predictions uh, some hot takes if you will and we're gonna go go back and do a little old takes exposed and see uh where we were right and where we were wrong so uh i guess i'll kick it out uh with uh or kick it off more so with my first one was the most overrated team and i actually had memphis and that one hit pretty hard. I'm I'm happy with that one. I didn't trust Penny Hardaway being able to wrangle this group of freshmen with no experience, and and I was right. Obviously, the James Wiseman thing was a factor I wasn't anticipating 
but regardless, the result is still that I was right, and I think that's what what's most important here. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we both hit the nail on the head with our most overrated teams. Uh, I actually picked the Florida Gators as my overrated team, which has worked out pretty well. Not for the Gators, but for me. <laughs> they started the season ranked fifth, I believe, in the country, yeah. which to me was just ridiculous. I don't know what they had done to deserve it. They did get one transfer. Yeah, uh, Carrie Blackshear. Carrie Blackshear, who I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about him in a second. <laughs> lots of people, including you, were pretty high on. Yeah, I um, Not really sure what, what's going on on that front. Haven't really, haven't really followed them. The only thing I know about the Gators are they will not be making the tournament. Oh, uh, I think they, they're on the bubble. They're on they're, the bubble. What's their record? Let's see. They're not great, but they're on the bubble. I know that much. They are. You know what? They've won two in a row. There you go. They're they're, they're trending in the right direction. They're sixteen and nine. So if they lose yeah. a couple more games, they'll be out of the tournament. Yeah. But they're on the bubble. That's, they're on that's, the bubble. Yeah, there you Basically, go. they they aren't ranked number five though. Also, like they the, were at the Memphis is also on the. I mean, is on the bubble, and they're like, I think they're next four out according to Lenardi, which is like. Yeah blasphemous to me to, to quote Stephen A. Smith but like they're be- I, I'm not gonna get too into it but their best win and pretty much their only good win is at Tennessee and like that's like in Tennessee is a fine team mm-hmm. like that's that's not like it's not a bad win but it's fi- it's a fine one besides that they have nothing good on their roster like they have not beat a good team maybe uh NC State at home Mississippi at home that's it though so yeah Whatever. Long story short, we our were teams right. were both ranked very highly in the season, and our picks worked out because they're not ranked anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there you go. All right, power cells in the back. Uh, another one I had a pretty good was biggest snub from the rankings. I had Illinois. Uh, they were a team that weren't weren't really even get, receiving votes for the top 25 preseason poll, and they've shot up into the top 20 this season. So uh, they're, they're struggling a little bit right now, but they're still going to be a tournament team, and Still a team with, uh, I think, second weekend expectations if if all goes right for them. Yeah, and my biggest snub was the Auburn Tigers. They were not ranked mm. heading into the season, um, despite making it into the Final Four and not really losing a whole lot from that yeah. team. Well, they lost um, a decent amount. They lost, yeah. like, one or two good players. Lost Chuma, Kiki, Bryce Harper, and Jared Stum. Or not, not Jared Stum, that's the... Uh, can't remember the other guard, but yeah, they lo- whatever they lost some pieces, but they were they refueled and uh, yeah reloaded. And they're, they're ranked thirteenth right now, so I think the, I think they could return to the final four. Yeah, no, season. they're definitely they definitely have the potential for that. Player of the year, this one I was mm, a little bit off on. I think uh, Kerry Blackshear Jr. out of Florida. <laughs> I thought him being a graduate transfer, he was really good on that Virginia Virginia Tech team last year. Him transferring to. Florida team that I assumed would be a national weird title contender. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He wasn't good enough to go to the NBA, and but to transfer to Florida, well, out of the ACC, it's like it's hot weather. There you go. It's hot in Virginia. Yeah, <laughs> it's humid in Virginia. Too. Yeah, it's also humid in uh, Florida. <laughs> yeah, they're like very similar climates. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe he wanted to be closer to the beaches. But Maybe, there, there you else? go. That was that was a big whiff on my part. Who, who'd you have on that one? Uh, what which one was this? Uh, player of the year. Player of the year. I put Miles Powell. Mm, uh, that's looking good. My player of the year. Yeah. Who? I mean, pretty safe pick. Yeah. Uh, just because he, if he put up his the same stats he put up last year, this year, mm-hmm. you know, he would still be up in the running. So yeah. he's in the running this year again. Yeah, he's gonna be an All American uh, most likely. Yeah, you definitely took a shot more than I did. I just yeah. wanted the safe pick. But yeah. Hey, hey, it, it still worked off. out. Yeah. <laughs> 
national champions. Uh, really safe pick at the time for me was Michigan State. They were number one in the preseason. Wasn't too much of a hot take, but that's looking worse and worse as the weeks go on. Mm-hmm. I think – no, I didn't pick Michigan State. I picked the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a pretty good-looking pick right now. Yeah, they're ranked, they're ranked third right now. Bill Self and the guys are playing pretty good basketball. They had that thing with Udoka Azubuke a couple weeks ago where he wasn't really putting in any effort. He got benched. I think Kansas might have lost one of those games, but things are things are looking up now. So Yeah, no, they, there's my pick. I've been preaching this for the last month now that they're, this is the team that's going to win it all, and we'll, we'll see if that comes true. But freshman of the year, I had Cole Anthony. I think you also had Cole Anthony in this one. I did. Uh, had he not gotten hurt, I, I think this probably would have been the right pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not really a freshman that's really stood out. Maybe Isaiah Stewart at Washington, but they're struggling also. I mean, I don't really know who's been the best freshman this year. It's probably Cole Anthony if he's not hurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't think of anybody else. Yeah. I was going to Cora. Isaiah has been pretty good. Cora has been good. He's been kind of a late bloomer. He come on, He's come on recently. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Stewart, I think, has been the most consistent. Mm-hmm. Cole Anthony, maybe when he's playing, is the best. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe if Wiseman played the whole season, he would have been. But, yeah, there's not a lot of super impressive freshmen this year. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, I mean, maybe. I have my thoughts on him. But, yeah, yeah. Vernon Carey probably actually is probably going to win it this year. Yeah. Vernon Carey's been good. Yeah. Rocket Watts from Michigan State, he's good. Yeah, he's solid. He's kind of Stanley has been decent. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, not, not a great freshman crop no. this year. Uh, most surprising player for me, I had no Jell Eastern. Uh, Purdue guy, you probably don't even know who I'm talking about. Never. That's not a good sign. He's not been great for them, but that was that was a bit of a whiff on my part. For me, I put I put Armando Baycott mm. uh, for North Carolina. <laughs> Things haven't really panned out with him. He he's definitely having a tough time adjust to the college the college game, the college speed of play. I think in high school he was able just to, you know, get the ball inside and have open dunks and free reign to, you know, mm-hmm. kind of own the paint. But in college, there's guys who are as big, if not bigger than you. So you kind yeah. of have to, especially as a big man, you have to adjust. Do you think he's going to stay another year? Who knows? Because I mean, his he, draft stock can't be too high right now. His draft stock can't be too high. But if you remember Tony Bradley a couple years ago, <laughs> yeah. he, was, it's, he was in a very similar situation. Uh, pretty, I think a four or five star coming out of high school. Only played one year and then basically just left left for the draft surprised everybody um, he ended up getting drafted so I think if Baycott wants to get drafted I think a team would take him in the mm-hmm. draft yeah just I based mean, off of yeah. his size and potential uh, just depends on how badly he wants to stay because yeah. Cole Anthony will be gone so yeah. who knows we got a good class coming in also and maybe that's a whole nother thing yeah. I'm excited about <laughs> that'd be that'd be a good move if he stays and that Carolina's looking pretty good next year. Him but and Garrison Brooks starting. Yeah, we we said we're not going to mention Carolina the rest <laughs> of the year. Next one, I had coach most likely to make his final first Final Four, and I had Mark Turgeon on this one. Mm-hmm. I don't love Mark Turgeon, but I thought he had a good enough team this year, and I think that's the case that he does have the talent to make a, a Final Four, and we'll see if he gets there. But I'm still a little shaky on this pick, but I think it's it's looking pretty solid right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, I picked Chris Mack. For the Louisville Cardinals, mm, it's not not looking as good now as it did a couple weeks ago, but yeah. it's Even still ago, yeah. it's still in the realm of possibility. You yeah. know, it's I not too late. Out. It's not too late for the Louisville Cardinals to turn it around. Mm-hmm. Next, I had ESPN or like Bleach Report MVP. There's not really anyone that's really stuck out in this category. These are guys like Zion last year that Bleach Report loves. But I had Marcus Howard, 
not really. I would say the winner right now is probably Obi Toppin. Uh, he's probably mm-hmm. the only guy that's really been that exciting. But yeah, I don't think ESPN's shown like any college basketball highlights all year, so I'm not sure that's really uh, <laughs> that's yeah. really who wins that one. ESPN has set their sights on the XFL. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I've seen plenty of those. Yeah, my gosh. Uh, I put I put Cole Anthony. Yeah. For mine, yeah. I mean, yeah. right right we logic. We all know how that situation pick, yeah. turned out. <laughs> So again into the the fun ones. You had coach most likely get with murder. I mean Jim Beheim. I think you had Coach K on this one. Both solid picks. So nothing showing That's me otherwise. Right. Coach K uh, was in the news recently on our podcast for going over to the Duke student section and yeah. giving them a talking to. A yeah, talking that's to. looking so, like hey, a pretty good one. <laughs> he got away with that relatively. <laughs> yeah. Um, next program to get a postseason ban. Uh, this is a pretty big hit for me because I had USC and they actually got a notice of allegations this year. So there you go. There you go. I'll chalk one up uh, for me on that one. That was but pretty like we were about talking that. about last week. We don't know if anything will come out of it. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. But at least there's like it was, the logic was right there. I got I hit at least partially yeah. on that one. I, I I went with Kansas just because they were already oh, in trouble. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they'll get a ban. I kind of agree with you there. Where I don't think the NCAA will actually, you know, do anything about yeah, it. Just slap on the wrist. Yeah. Bay of the season. So between Jamal Bay, Tyler Bay, and Sadiq Bay, I went with Tyler Bay. Yeah, he's. I mean, him. I think him and Sadiq Bay are probably the two. Like they've separated over Jamal Bay on that yeah, one. Unfortunately, we got. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna. Say we're not. We're not talking about the Huskies. He's a good shooter. Yeah. He's. Yeah. We're. We're not talking <laughs> he's about. He's a good player. <laughs> uh, coach you'd most want for your intramural team? I had Eric Musselman. Fun guy. You could party after after you win the the tournament. Your intramural championship. Uh, who'd you have uh, on that one? I had Shaka Smart. All right. I want to rub his bald head for good luck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he might be getting <laughs> fired this year, so maybe you could actually get him on your intramural team. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that could become a reality for me. Who knows? Uh, so some good, some bad. I think overall we didn't do – we didn't embarrass ourselves. Maybe the Kerry Blackshear one was the, the one really bad whiff hey, out of the it. two of us, but that's that's it. Um, turn, I'm going to move on to another segment now. I want to look at some tournament darlings, uh, potential tournament darlings, and – uh, so we're less than a month away from getting a bracket. I think four weeks from yesterday is Selection Sunday. Very exciting. But I kind of want to look at some tournament darlings. These are people that, uh, they're similar to like Cinderella teams, but it's more just one player or maybe like two players. They're kind of like the cult heroes of the tournament. Some people in recent memory. Last year, Zion Williamson, obviously. Everyone loved him. These, these are just kind of people that take the media by storm, especially people that don't watch college basketball going into the season. Taco Fall is another good one. Carson Edwards from Purdue. Fletcher McGee out of Wofford. He was the he was a pretty hot player coming in. Ja Morant as well is uh, another good one. 2018, uh, KJ Mara from UMBC, team that upset Virginia. Sister Jean, I mean, out of Loyola. That was a that was a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Cody and Caleb Barton, the twins out of Nevada. Um, Bo Wagner maybe on Michigan. Some some people like that. Uh, other famous examples from the past 10, 15 years or so, uh, Thomas Walkup from Stephen F. Austin. I don't know if you remember him, the lumberjack way back in the oh, day. That's right. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast. I'm, I'll just give it to the whole team and their their dunk city. But they were uh, they were rolling. I think they beat Georgetown. They upset him in the 215. Uh, Kevin Ware uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, Kemba Walker, Paul Jesperson from Northern Iowa, who at the half court shot to knock off Texas. Uh, C.J. McCollum. Blazer right now, one of my favorite players in the NBA, but he took down Duke some years back. R.J. Hunter and his dad, 
uh, Gordon Hayward. These are just kind of some examples, kind of set the scene for guys. Maybe you could look for this year that are gonna uh, take the take the world by storm come March Madness time. So, uh, do you have any any thoughts on on people that could be this year? Yeah, I do have a couple of thoughts. All right. uh, Obi Toppin, like we mentioned earlier, he's been probably the only player who has consistently seen Showtime on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nico Mannion. I think just due to his hair, he stands yeah, out on. I mean, come on. He stands out on the hardwood. What can I say? But if Arizona does go on a run, Nico Mannion could be a guy that people are talking about. Fats Russell from Rhode Island. Rhode Island is always, if they do on the years that they do make the tournament, they're always a pretty dangerous team. Yeah, they're they're a tough out. So they'll probably. My guess is they'll sneak in as maybe a, a seven or eight seed, mm-hmm. maybe a six if they keep winning. But Fats Russell. On Rhode Island, just yeah. that name. Yeah, of course. And he's been balling also lately. Mm-hmm. And Evan Batty for Colorado. Yeah. He's a big boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If Colorado wins a couple games, people will take note. Like, there's like there, there's going to be some there's gonna be some Evan Batty love for sure. A couple more to add to that. Uh, BYU, a team that's trending upward. They have a guy, TJ Haas, on that team who's like, I mean, he lo- looks like he's he's kind of got the Caruso, like, balding look, but he's also a redhead, so maybe I'm a little biased. But he, he straight up looks like he's 40. Mm. It's it, it's pretty crazy, and I think once people see BYU, they're a team that potentially could make a sweet 16. I think they're they're playing well right now. But that that's a guy that's definitely He probably went could, on a mission. Yeah, I'd probably, yeah. And now he's on a mission to get to a sweet 16. Nice. Right. There you go. Who Great. else do we have? Marcus, uh, Marcus Howard. Howard, yeah, I think Marcus Howard, Miles Powell. He's kind of pop off. Howard has been kind of quiet this season, relatively. Yeah, I mean it's just because Marquette hasn't been great, but now that they're trending upwards, I think he'll, he'll, I think he'll be fine. He's still gonna be an All American, I think. So, uh, you got anything else or before we go into games to watch? Uh, let's see what games have we got this week. So on so today Monday nothing really of note, so don't worry about that. But tomorrow a few good games: Illinois at Penn State, three thirty, Big Ten matchup. At Dayton at VCU at 5:30. This is a Dayton team, obviously very good. Number five, VCU is a solid team going into the Seagull Center. Not an easy place to play. Could be a fun one. Creighton at Marquette, two of the top teams in the Big East. I've definitely got this one penciled in. It's uh, one I want to watch. Uh, that one's at 5:30 as well. And then at six, we have Kentucky at LSU. Uh, two, two and three in the SEC going at it. So that, that's an exciting one. Wednesday. Butler at Seton Hall, 3:30. Two again, two top Big East teams, and Syracuse at Louisville. Syracuse is a team that's really looking for a signature win. Louisville, we mentioned, has been struggling, so we'll see if they can bring it back over the Orange. And then on Thursday to close out the weekend, or the, uh, close out the week before we're, we're back on Friday, we have Ohio State at Iowa at four, and then Oregon at Arizona State. Arizona State team that's been. Uh, playing pretty well as of late, and they're looking to get into the tournament as well. Yeah, it's going to be another exciting week. Um, we're getting closer to March. It's yeah. only about, like you said, four weeks away. So now's the time for all you college basketball fans to start paying a little bit more attention yeah. to these games because they're going to start to influence your brackets. These teams that are playing well now, they're going to be also playing well in March. All right. I think I'm good to go if you're going to right. is I'm Caden Condor. I'm Josh A. And this has been the Box Seat Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, DM us on Twitter at the Box Seat Podcast, and we will be back on Friday. Yeah, Friday. Friday to talk about the week's action. Thank you, guys.